ladies, gentlemen, things, and theaters. This week, I bring you the story of the creation of the universe. The universe began with a committee of five aged men and four middle-aged women. They gathered in Peoria, Illinois at the East Peoria Convention Center and Hot Dog Findery to discuss how the world they were about to bring into existence would manifest itself. How would it look? What would be its contours, its vast dimensions? How many parking meters would they need? Eight? Possibly ten? It's difficult to say. In any case, they gathered in that convention center. These sages, these scholars, these members of the parents' sittery committee, devoted to sitting on unruly parents who do not exhibit the characteristics of a good parent that they'd come to know. And they asked themselves, as they stared at each other in anticipation, what will our universe come to be? And so the first man raised his hand, and he said, I think we should model it after the roller rink on Highway 5. It seems to be well-staffed. The kids don't get to too uh, wild or out of control on the Friday night uh, dance skate-offs and the Saturday night corndog jamboroos. It seems relatively safe. You've got plenty of food at the concession stand. Much of it safely processed to leach away any undesirable or volatile nutrients. In short, if this isn't the perfect microcosm for a universe, I don't know what is, Jack. And then the second man, whose name happened to be Jack, uh, thought that the first man was talking to him directly, and the other guy was like, no, that's just a colloquialism that I like to use. And they had a good hour and a half laugh at that, which seems a little weird, because I don't think it's that funny. But in any case, after that was completed, the second man, Jack, who was the wealthiest cobra handler in the neighborhood, which meant that he made about 30 grand a year, he took the podium which was actually a makeshift refrigerator box. And he banged his gavel, which was 
a makeshift uh, plastic rattle for a baby. And he announced that while the first man's vision of a universe modeled after roller rink seemed idyllic and unassailable, he had a better idea. He thought it should be modeled after Jim Ochnack's used car dealership and spaghetti denialery out on Highway 2. And of course, their slogan was, come on down, we can get you a good deal on a 1982 Oldsmobile, but there's no spaghetti. Now, why, why old Jim was so adamant on denying the existence of spaghetti wasn't quite clear to the employees of his dealership. People had some theories. One of them was that uh, his uncle had actually been choked to death by an errant strand of spaghetti that had become wrapped around his neck during a playful minor league sports banquet. That, everyone thought, was probably the most tenable reason, the most tenable excuse. But in any case, what people enjoyed most about his used car emporium and spaghetti denialery was not only the breadsticks that would be accompanied with uh, a fine Caesar salad, but also the fact that uh, if you came in asking for a 1983 Ford Taurus, you were going to walk away with a 1983 Ford Taurus. Um, it might take a matter of five hours for Jim to track one down uh, through means that were almost certainly corrupt and violent. But in any case, you came in looking for something, you were going to leave with that thing. And if that, uh, Jack suggested, isn't the model for a fully functioning and thriving universe, then I don't know what is, Jack. He then explained he was talking to himself, and not the third man whose name was Jack. So the second man named Jack sat down, and the third man named Jack stood up. And after a long pause, during which he took a sip of his water and uh, described his vision of the ideal Nobel Laureate in the field of nudity, he explained his vision for an ideal universe. And what was that vision? Well, he took out a copy of GQ magazine and pointed at the biggest, at a picture of the biggest movie star of the day, Mr. Burt Reynolds. Look, if you will, he said to the assembled ladies and gentlemen of the committee, 
at this man's curvatures. Look at the bumps, look at the hair, look at the crook of the nose, look at those piercing, yet somehow mischievous eyes. Notice the way that he, that his, his facial expression seems to suggest that you can take him home to your mother and he will be on his best behavior. But once you get him back home to your apartment, things are going to become ruffled. He may be little Lord Fauntleroy with your dear mamere. Let's get him into the bedroom. And, and he is Lord Libertine. He then concluded his speech by looking at the other eight members of the committee and saying, I love Burt Reynolds. There was a pause of approximately 15 minutes during which the other committee members waited for Jack to explain what this had to do with the matter at hand. And when that 15 minutes was up, it would have been Eileen Martyr, Eileen Martyr, that's right, who stood up and said, Jack, you need a long vacation, a nice bath, and after that, maybe get out of your house a little more. With that, Jack smiled, sat down, and took the bowl of ice cream on the table in front of him, and passed out. His face covered in vanilla goodness, he slept for a thousand years. Meanwhile, Eileen, who had just asked him to concede the floor to her, announced to all assembled her vision of the ideal universe. Imagine, if you will, she told them, all of us holding hands in a field. Each of us stares intently, unwaveringly, with great compassion at the person directly across from us. After a few minutes of this, what you'll begin to notice is how intimately connected we are. You'll begin to feel the sonic energy recycling itself, circulating among us. You'll be able to look into the soul of those other members of that circle. And for the first time possibly ever, you'll get a full sense of just how empty and loathsome we all are. We are self-centered, petty, venal human beings. However, this is not something to fear or to try to eradicate within ourselves, but rather we should celebrate this characteristic. She then pulled out 
copies of the collected novels of Anne Rand, and she passed them out to all assembled. And she announced, ladies and gentlemen, the only thing that matters is self-interest. If I want to murder Eugene because of something he said about my housecoat, I should have the right to do that. That is what Anne Rand said in The Fountainhead. And then someone asked her for a page number for that quote, and she smiled and slapped that person hard in the face. She then yelled for about uh, an hour about the importance of the free market and how that meant that everything should be free for her. No one bought this, and the fifth man, Everett, asked her to please sit down and take her seat. It was at that point that he began to give his version of the ideal universe. He described valleys of cotton candy, mountains of milk chocolate, rivers of melted butterscotch. He then asked the other eight members of the committee if they'd really cherished a Cadbury cream egg recently. They really experienced the the initial savory hard chocolate exterior, the the first bite into that exterior, followed by the gushy surprise of what lay in store for them inside. And it was at that point that the sixth man George Michael, yes, that George Michael, asked Everett if he'd recently signed on for an endorsement deal with Cadbury. Everett gave a shy shy smile, which was his way, and then he shot his own foot. The distraction caused by this act allowed him to escape in a fog of hysteria. As he limped out, the sixth man, the one who would change the face of the universe forever, took the stand. And it is there that we will begin with Act Two. And so, the sixth man took the podium to rapturous applause. If by rapturous you mean silent, and by applause you mean blinking. And he gestured to the first five speakers who had preceded him. He said, ladies and gentlemen, These are, in their own ways, excellent ideas for the creation of the universe. But they are far too exclusive 
My name is Lucky Boots, and I am here to tell you now that we can have all of the things we've just heard. Except for the Anne Rand thing, and that thing about how spaghetti doesn't exist. Those are a little less realistic, but everything else can be incorporated into our vision. For instance, every Thursday, we should be able to eat spaghetti off the chest of Burt Reynolds as we speed down the highway in a lightly used 1978 Volkswagen. In addition, we can have ice cream Wednesdays during which we drown the universe's undesirables in a vat of ice cream. And of course on Monday it will be casual day on which we casually insist that others do our bidding and whip them mercilessly until they bend to our will. Ladies and gentlemen, how he asked them. Do we make this a reality? Well, it's simple. We heard everyone in the world, everyone in the world, into designated pens based on hair length, eye width, and back suppleness. At, with, at this point, we assign them group names, such as the Platters, the Silly Little Donkeys, the Weird Muffins, the Clock Wipers, and the like. You see where I'm going with this, he assured the crowd, who did not know where he was going with this. And then he continued, We assign each group a president or lord of sorts, a leader. And each group will answer to that leader. The leader will not be democratically elected. He will not be, and it will be a he, he assured them. He will not cycle out of office. He will, in fact, be leader of his assigned group until the day that he takes his last feverish gasp of blackened air. And in this way, we shall all have liberty unless the leader of our group doesn't like something that we're doing, in which case Mm, liberty, not so important. And in this fashion, we will live in harmony and without the horrible feeling of choice and individuality that freedom can allow us. 
this point, he slammed down the plastic rattle and returned to his chair in the convention hall. And it was at that point that the three non-speaking members of the committee, Eric, Arkin, Jenks, Maine, and of course, Marsha Gwaik, rose to their feet and through a series of hand gestures and emphatic nods communicated to all assembled that this was the vision of the universe that they had waited for. And it was at this point that they moved to put it to a vote. Now, it should be noted that in order for a motion to pass in this system, it had to pass unanimously, not via a simple majority. And so, on the initial vote to pass the six speakers' vision of the universe into reality, the vote was six for and three against. The three holdouts were the first three speakers, whose name I've, names I've completely forgotten. The first speaker rose to give his case against the sixth speaker. And he said, you know, the thing about a roller rink is that you can't expect people to bring their own skates. It's simply bad business to make people go that extra mile to skate in your establishment. You have to provide them with skates that are available for rental. Otherwise, you're really limiting your customer base to those who are committed enough to roller skate regularly that they have bought their own pair. And this simply doesn't make any sense. He paused for about three hours at that point until those assembled finally asked him what this had to do with the matter in hand. Was it a metaphor for the six speaker the six speakers' vision of the of the universe? No, he responded. I just needed to get that off my chest. It was at that point that the second speaker rose and talked at length about why cheesecake was fairly overrated. Uh, too rich, too decadent, too sweet. After he was finished, uh, the other speakers assumed that his speech had nothing to do with the sixth speaker's vision of the universe. And the second speaker replied, Oh, no, 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 no. It was heavily metaphorical. The cheesecake represented his wavy, wavy hair. At this point, the rest of the committee grew tired and asked the third speaker to please be hasty in her explanation as to why she opposed the sixth speaker's vision. She rose to the podium and said, I just don't like his cheekbones. 
too sharp and angular. If we're going to have our universe designed by someone, any one person, it should be someone who is as doughy and full of life as my own cherry muffins. Therefore, unless he wants to dance with me right now, I will oppose everything he says. She then sat down in her chair and gave herself a hearty clap on the forehead. So, at that point, things had clearly reached an impasse. How were they to proceed? They were truly locked in a standoff until someone finally came up with the idea of having a three-way crying competition. And so all the members of the committee adjourned to the bathroom, which had the largest mirrors in the, in the building. And they observed the all four of the involved members, the first three speakers and the sixth, weeping shamelessly, yet shamefully, for their own best interest. The only participant who really seemed to enjoy this was the third speaker, who cried on several occasions. I am fulfilling my potential. The first man wept chastely, like a Victorian maid whose far richer suitor has snubbed her in the House of Commons. The second speaker cried like an athlete who has just lost his or her favorite pet cleats. And the third speaker let a single tear fall down her cherubic face and whispered, I am so in love with marmots. And finally, the sixth speaker announced the entire contest was beneath him, and that if he was forced to indulge in such a shameful display, then he would rather not be involved in this universe at all. And so it was that the ninth speaker rose and announced that because he had refused to compromise, the sixth speaker's vision would go forward. And so it is that we now live in a world in which we are grouped according to our scout patterns and interest in loose clothing, and that we are all in small groups ruled by men with clumped cloths of hair emanating from their lobes. 
Oh, the happiness that is ours. Oh, the happiness that is ours. Till next week, this has been Dumb History Minute. Which, of course, lasted a half hour. The contradiction is delicious. Good night.